Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How the hell did you manage to get on this channel? It was not the greeting I expected. But the one I received nonetheless once I finished fixing the radio I found in that old smelly attic. My wife and I got a divorce a few months ago, and let's just say that I wasn't the winning party. I lost my house, I only get to see the kids on the weekends, and she's getting half of my paycheck because she was an at-home parent and didn't have any income. That said, I'm glad we divorced. There just wasn't any love anymore, and while we could still coexist, both of us needed better. I'm also not that angry about the verdict, but I loved the house I lived in, so I had to buy a new one because of the divorce. It's smaller, in need of many repairs, but it was fully furnished. I bought it as is directly from the bank. Apparently, an older man died in the house. Nobody claimed it. No children, no wife, no one. I didn't care about the details or that an old man died in the house. I was just interested in the low price. Plus, I was never afraid of fixing things. Which leads us back to the story. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the house. And I know you all don't care about it. Anyway, as I said, it came fully furnished. The furniture was old and somewhere in just a terrible state but I didn't have to buy everything at least. It also came with the old man's clothes and a bunch of boxes of stuff, but I got rid of most of that in the first week of moving. I was done checking the basement, the first floor, and the second, when I found the trap leading to the attic. Cool, more stuff to check out. That's what I thought, but I've always kind of wanted an attic. Anyway, I opened the trap, the retractable antique attic staircase unfolded before me. I barely climbed two steps, and a horrible stench reached my nose. This attic reeked, and I mean it. It was putrid. I even wondered for a second if the guy died there, or if I was going to find out now that he had bodies hidden up there. But it was none of that crap, fortunately. I got into the attic. I just saw a bunch of boxes with mold growing on them. Even the structure's wood looked like it was slowly being eaten away by the stuff. I mean, I guess I'd have to check that soon because that's my roof structure right there being compromised by decay. It took me a few more days to sort through the stuff I wanted to keep and what I didn't want to keep. I'm not much of a garage sale guy, so... I just put everything I didn't want on the street corner for anyone to take it if they wanted to. Old vinyls and the machine that comes with them, old books, album pictures, all that sort of stuff. 
You see, there were a lot of souvenirs from a man who died alone, and no one wanting his shit. I didn't even glance at the pictures. Quite honestly, I couldn't care less. I did find a few interesting things, though, like a box of old U.S. Navy medals and whatnot. Now, I'm not super well-versed in war history, but I'm guessing the older man was a veteran or something, and I did feel a twinge of sympathy for this country's hero dying alone, but he wasn't my family or, well, anything to me. Just an old dude I never met whose house I bought for pennies. Well, I bought for peanuts, but it would probably cost an arm and a leg to fix. And in that same box with the medals, I found it. A strange old radio. Now I say strange because I'm sure it was military grade stuff 50 years ago. It just didn't look like your regular radio you can buy at any electronic shop, even a while back. In any case, after I was done sorting out everything, I decided to make that radio my next project. I followed a few Reddit forums about vintage radios, looked at YouTube videos, and never found my radio model. That said, I thought a radio was just a radio. I could just pick and choose from various videos to try and fix it. And lo and behold, after about a month of tinkering with it, I got it to work. I stumbled upon a channel after playing with the wheel for hours. There was not even a hint of noise on any other channel but this one, and I could hear everything without crackling or any sort of outside noises. I interrupted a conversation accidentally when I let out a loud, Whoa, it's working. To be honest, I didn't even know I had the mic on. The mic was still attached to the side by one of those long landline cords with no lights to tell me it was on or not. But when I went to pick it up, I realized that the cord wasn't linked to the radio. It was one of the things I needed to fix. And now I was even more confused about how they could have heard me. How the hell did you manage to get on this channel? Was how I was greeted. And I wouldn't give whoever it was a satisfactory answer. Just tinkering, I guess? Am I on a private military line? I had to ask because my new vintage military radio was this old green box with a few buttons, a wheel, a speaker, and a single mic on the side. I didn't even know what channel I was on, but it had to be private. Now I didn't get an answer right away, but I could hear whispers. When I said that I interrupted a conversation, I didn't even know there was more than one guy. I listened to a guy's voice and assumed he was talking to someone else. But I couldn't hear anyone else but him and me on that channel. And so, after what seemed like minutes, he asked me my name, to which I laughed and said I wasn't going to do that. You know, share my name with a random guy I found on a private channel from an old military radio. You don't know what you're messing with. Were his last words before I turned off the radio. Now enough excitement for that day, I thought. 
I intended to find another channel another day, and didn't want to get caught in something bigger than myself. Cause you know, old military radios and dudes asking for your name don't sound like it will end well to me. I left the radio on a desk in the smelly attic and decided not to think about it for a bit. But I couldn't. I kept thinking about how I maybe, perhaps, might have stumbled upon a secret military channel, and the little boy in me wanted to eavesdrop some more. And so, two nights later, I climbed the stairs to the attic in my boxers and barely tied bathrobe. I even stubbed my toe on the corner of the desk as I reached it, and I let out a loud swear. You're back. Now I didn't remember turning my radio on, but there it was with a soft yellow glow coming from the buttons, turned on. Maybe I forgot to turn it off last time, I'm pretty sure I turned it off, but damn that guy was persistent. I chatted with him in the middle of the day last time, and it was about 2 in the morning now. Maybe he's just paid to be there on this channel at all times. Hell, it sounded boring, but you never know. I decided not to entertain him and try to change the channel, but couldn't find a single other one that worked. And when I thought I did, I was just back to the initial channel. And then my lovely partner on the other side said something that sent chills throughout my body. He told me I would regret it. You know, in that threatening way, just like the movies. You're going to regret it. <laughs> regret what? Fixing the radio? Finding this channel? Hell, I didn't do anything illegal. So I had no idea why he was so mad at me. Before I could ask him what his problem was, a loud noise and a rumble shook the very walls of my house. I rushed back downstairs into the basement, only to find that my hot water tank quite literally exploded and there was water everywhere. The damage it did to the house was quite insane too. The water heater blew a hole in the ceiling that went to my kitchen which destroyed a portion of the kitchen island. I also felt like there'd be a lot of plumbing damage. I guess I was lucky it was only a small 30-gallon tank, where the damage would have been more significant. But still, it cost me a couple of thousand dollars to get that fixed, which kept me away from the radio for a little bit, almost long enough to forget about it. That is, until one night I was sitting in my living room and I saw a Navy recruitment ad. And then the radio couldn't leave my mind, so I went back to the attic. It was late again, and I didn't care. I wanted to know more about what I stumbled onto. I saw the yellow halo from the buttons, and I knew I forgot to turn it off last time. To my defense, my water heater exploded. There were more pressing business to attend to than an angry military guy. That said, I couldn't hear a noise that night, so I pushed my luck with a hello. And it didn't take ten seconds to get a reply. Do you get it now? No, I very much didn't. He did say I would regret it, 
but I couldn't see how an old hot water tank exploding could be linked to that radio. It's not like the tank was new and modern or could allow some remote manipulation. So, instead of caving into fear, I asked him what he wanted and why he was so mad about me finding this channel. I got him saying it wasn't about the channel, but the house. That it was his to claim, and that I had no business being there. I thought, maybe it was a friend of the old guy, or perhaps a child. But as far as I knew about him, he died alone, with no one. So I told this guy I bought the house and it was legally mine. And he started his threats back. About how I don't know what I was messing with, or how I would regret it. It might have been wrong of me, but I laughed and told him I didn't have any other water tank for him to explode, if that really had been him. The sound that followed on the radio was inhuman. A screech so high-pitched and intense, it forced me to put my hands to my head. It was so deafening that I even fell off my chair into the ground, curled up, and kept holding my palms on my ears to no avail. When the sound stopped, my ears were bleeding. I felt sick to my stomach and disoriented. I could hear the man's voice, but my ears hurt so much, and the ringing was so loud that I couldn't make out what he was saying. I passed out on my attic floor and woke up with blood caked on both sides of my face. The good news is that I could hear again. The bad news is that the ringing drowned the sounds, and I still felt like the room was spinning. But this time, I could hear the man. Get out of my house. He just kept repeating in a low, monotonous voice that barely hid the threat behind it. And I told him to wait, to let me sit down, I asked him what he meant by his house. That the man that lived here died and no one claimed it, and that I was the one who bought it. But it was like he couldn't hear me, and I could barely hear myself. There was whispering, but my ears were too fragile to make out what the man was whispering about. I wanted to go to the hospital to get my ears checked. That feeling of not hearing couldn't be good, and the pain just didn't go away. I have no idea how long I was passed out on the floor, but I could see the sun rising from the bullseye window of the attic. Probably a few hours considering the caked blood around my ears. And then I heard him say, it was too late. Too late for what? You can't have this house. It's mine. The dude kept repeating that, but not telling me who he was or why this house was his. I couldn't shake off the feeling that something terrible was about to happen, but this time, I'd been warned. It wasn't anything like the water tank. I got up on shaky legs but had to hold myself up with a lot of willpower. The room was spinning around me and I felt like I would be sick. I heard something crack in the walls around me and the voice of the man coming from the radio. That I would regret it. That it was too late. 
I smelled fire. I didn't think twice. I practically leapt down from the retractable stairs as I heard a loud crackling noise coming from the ceiling. And then, it felt like things were being set on fire between the walls. Whatever it was that exploded my water heater was doing the same thing to my electricity. Considering this was a very old, moldy house, it didn't take much for the fire to spread. I saw the flames licking at the tapestry on my way out, and I only had time to put on a pair of pants and a coat. I threw my ass out into the snow in front of my now burning house. There wasn't anything I could do to stop it, and neither could the firemen. The house was a total loss. A couple of weeks later, I was informed that the burning revealed a lot of human bones in the basement, and a search was ordered. The whole terrain was turned upside down and more bones were discovered. Of course, I was cleared of any suspicion since I had just bought the house, but I definitely got more than I bargained for when I fixed that damned radio. Not only did I learn I purchased the home from a dead guy, but that the dead guy was a serial killer who haunted a radio. Well, I can't be sure about that one, but still, I can't shake off the feeling that I might have talked to a dead man. I think I'm just going to rent a place for a while.